Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Hi, everyone. Glad you're here today. As Nancy mentioned, we're going to be talking about abundance this month, the idea of the unlimited resources of the universe and how how we can tap into that or not according to our thinking. We're using The Greatest Secret of All, Mark Allen's book, and I think I'm going to start where he starts. In the very first little introduction, he brings up a Christian scripture that I wanted to share with you. This is from Matthew, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and that door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks will receive, the one who seeks will find, and the one who knocks, that door will be opened. Now which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he should ask for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are human, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more would your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So, in everything ask. How often do we actually formulate an ask of what we want in life? Now, perhaps we're thinking in a spiritual sense, but I would even offer that up in a more secular way. How often do we assume that other people should know what we want? How often do, right? Right? In fact, it was not too long ago I was imagining something that my partner would like and, uh, and, and offered up what I thought was one of his favorite dishes for dinner. And I noticed he was sort of picking his way through it a little bit. And so I asked, I said, so what's up? Isn't this your, like one of your favorite dinners? And he said, well, it gives you such pleasure to think that. <laughs> <laughs> Right? (laughs) So how often do we actually formulate what it is that we want out of life? How often, in a very upfront manner, do we tell others, do we tell spirit itself, how we would like our life to go? Well, today we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to give you some tools for that. But, but first I want to portray maybe sometimes how it goes wrong through today's joke. An old gentleman was walking on the beach with his only grandson. A giant wave crashes on shore, sweeps the boy out to sea. Well, the man looks up to heaven and says, Oh, Lord, this is my only grandson. How can you take him away from us? My, my son will never understand. My daughter-in-law will die from grief. But the fellow remembers his scripture, and so he decides to ask specifically to God to return the boy. He gets down on his knees and offers a poignant prayer. Suddenly, another wave comes by. The boy is deposited at the old man's feet. The grandfather looks up to heaven again and says, Hey, wait a minute. When you took him, he had a hat. So how often is it that when we ask for something, it isn't quite what we imagine when we get it? I don't think it's in the process of the giving and receiving. 
I think it's the process of our clarity of the asking. I think so often, whether it's spirit or other people, we take for granted that they will know what we want, that they'll, they'll know the hat was as important as the grandchild, that, that somehow magically the people in our lives and the systems that work in our lives will, will somehow read our minds, somehow figure it out when we don't even have a complete idea of clarity around what we want. Well, the place to start if we want to manifest for ourselves a life filled with love, filled with life, full of abundance, full of the the peace that we desire, full of the joy that we want to desire, we have to figure it out. What is it that we really do desire? There has to be that mental equivalent, as Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, would say. There has to be that mental equivalent, that picture in our own head of what the good life is. And in fact, that's where this book starts. It offers up a very compelling technique of journaling for literally writing down what it is you would like to experience in life. It advises us to look ahead five years and just imagine our life if all obstacles were thrown aside and our life was truly unfolding exactly as we could imagine it on most high. Like, what would it be like? What would I be like? What would the things be going on in our life? Who would be in our life? Are there changes in me that would have to be written? He really recommends writing several pages down in some level of detail of of how my life would be in five years. Uh, No holds barred, that delicious picture of a robust and glorious life. How many of us has actually done that before? See, very few of us actually take the time to illustrate, if you will, what it is we want. Well, that's one of the tools he recommends. I want to go over a couple other of the tools today. So, so the writing aspect typically will appeal to people who like journaling. But of course, not all of us like journaling. I, I keep a gratitude journal on my life because uh, it's pretty easy. At, at night, I just write down four or five things that I'm grateful for. And, and that increases in my life. And that's the kind of journaling. But of course, he's asking for something a little bolder here. And some of us don't particularly like that technique. There are a few other techniques, though, that we might use to the same advantage. One of them is visualizing. In the first service, which is our meditative service, we took some time out and I led people in a nice visualization. But trust me, it's pretty simple. You close your eyes, uh, get into a slight meditative space, and then picture in your mind's eye what your life might be like in five years. Or, or maybe there's some uh, particular issue that's bugging you right now. Maybe there's a turmoil in a relationship or maybe a job isn't going the way you would like. Simply uh, close your eyes and then really envision for yourself, picture yourself as though that particular condition or issue were resolved. And, and again, in your mind's eye, build up quite a bit of detail around it. What would the job really be like if those issues were cleared away? How would you feel about the job if it was different and more to your liking and so on? So that you really have quite a, a, a picture and you in the picture too. It really helps too if you actually feel the feelings of that fabulous new life. You really sense the, the happiness or the health or the joy that would be present given that 
perfect solution happening. So it's not only the idea of resolving the issue and what that would be like, but even your part in it. How would you feel? What would you be like if you were in the most fabulous relationship ever? Or the job of your dreams? What would that be like for you? To really embody it and feel it. When we do things like this, we really are knocking on the right door We're seeking out what we want instead of what we don't want. Before I go on, I want to portray perhaps a little bit more what typically happens. So many of us have a spiritual practice. Uh, Some of us, maybe only our spiritual practice is is sitting quietly and having coffee in the morning. And And I'm here to tell you that's an okay spiritual practice. That's a great start. And so we're starting off our day from that, typically at least, from that place of peace. Maybe some of us do a meditation in the morning. Some of us are seeking out prayer or, or other means of connecting with our higher power. And doesn't it feel like a grand way to start off the day? And to spirit, that's us saying, here's what I want. Here's what I'm seeking. I want more of this joy, more of this bliss, more of this uh, being in tune with my surroundings in my life. And then we turn on the TV or then we show up at work and we're hanging around the water cooler. And I don't know about how your life works, but when I do those sorts of things, suddenly I'm flooded with the opposite of what I want in life. Everybody's talking about politics in Washington, or people are talking about things halfway across the world that have gone horribly, horribly wrong. People in poverty, people in trouble, people who have abused one another terribly out of the newspaper or people's recollections. And suddenly, without my realizing it, what am I seeking? What's the door I'm knocking upon? It's not what I want to observe in the world. It's not what I would want for myself or my family. But yet there I am right in the middle of it, right in the middle of trouble, right in the middle of strife, right in the middle of perhaps the opposite of what I want to experience in the world. And and I got to tell you, when my mind fills up with that, that's the door I'm knocking on. That's what I'm seeking. I I might be almost an unwilling participant, but I'm still a participant. My mind is full of it, and that's how we ask God, is we fill our mind with whatever we fill our mind with, and that's us asking, and so we receive more of it. And when I'm in prayer, I receive my prayers, and when I'm you know, taken hostage by the media and by trouble in the world, unfortunately, that's what I'm seeking out in those moments, And I'm apt to get more of that. The reason we teach spiritual principles here and the reason we have the ability to use some of these techniques like visualization or like note-taking is the idea is it will work to fill our mind more often with the things that we want. It will work to knock on the right doors more often instead of the wrong doors. It will have us seeking out and trying to find the beauty in life, not the trouble. It will have us embarked upon a path of wholeness and joy and peace 
instead of just subjecting ourselves to what the news media has, what other people who are so-called experts have around our life and what's going on in the world. And, and it's not to say that those people are bad. It's not even to say that what they're saying isn't true in its own human way. But when we glorify it, when we bring it up before us over and over again, when we focus on it, that focus creates those prayers in a way that have to be answered. On to another technique, and, and this one I'm hoping that you might take advantage of when you go home. So there's a little insert in your program. You don't have to get it out now. I'm going to guide you through it. But it's yet another way. It's called visioning, and it's yet another way of engaging your mind more along the, the lines of what you want to see in the world. So if you're game, uh, just close your eyes and I'll, I'll guide you through this. Just allow yourself to sit comfortably in your chair. Just allow yourself to be impressionable. Allow your heart to open and your mind to open so that whatever images or ideas, beliefs or words or pictures might come to you, just be okay with it. You don't need to edit it or change whatever might come to you. We simply, in this state of a, a light meditation, we ask a few questions of our higher wisdom self, that part of us that's connected in to something that's universal. So beyond just our own ego self and into something more universal. And, and here you might want to focus on something that isn't going right in your life. We'll, we'll ask maybe for guidance in an area in your life where there's some trouble something that hasn't gone the way you'd like it, something that needs improving or enhancing. Just imagine that area in your life right now and know that spirit has the power to change that. And so we begin by asking the first question. What is spirit's highest vision for true success in this area? If there were no limitations, if everything were to go the way you would choose, what is spirit's highest vision for success in this particular matter? And allow yourself in your mind's eye to have the pictures and ideas, the words and the images that would represent success. Is it a complete healing? Is it unlimited riches? What, what would do the trick here? What would make the difference? So we allow that vision, those words, those ideas of complete success in this matter to come into your mind. And next we ask, what is my role to play in this matter? You know, in the world of human affairs, usually we have to play a part in the solution here. So what is my role towards the success in this matter? What, what kind of a role do I have to take? Is it an active role? Is it a seeker role? In this complete solution to this, this issue, what is my role? We ask and we listen. What am I to do?
The third question, what must I leave behind or release? You know, it, it's our own thinking. It was our own choices that most likely led us to this place. And so there's probably some old way of thinking or old way of being that if we want to make progress, we probably got to let go of it. What must I release in order to really achieve success in this matter? Is it control? Is it the desire to be right? Is it unhealthy habits? What must I release in order to see the vision of success for this issue? Next question, what spiritual quality might I embrace? You know, we talk about the qualities of God as life and love, as abundance and peace, as authentic power and beauty, of wholeness and grace. If you could perhaps pick one or two words that describe that spiritual quality of God that would really help in this instance and embrace it, what would that be? What must I embrace? What spiritual quality, if I really embraced it, lived it, became it, would make all the difference here? This will be our watchword. This will be our guiding light. What spiritual quality, if I embraced it, would make all the difference? And then our last question, what else, if anything, wishes to be revealed at this time? Spirit, of course, much cleverer than we are in our humanness. There may be something that wishes to be revealed at this time about this issue. Just allow yourselves to, to receive any other words or pictures, ideas or impressions from the divine. What else wishes to be revealed, if anything, at this time? And so we give thanks for this time of visioning. We give thanks for the, the pictures, the ideas, the words, the thoughts, the new beliefs. We give thanks for this vision of the future where this issue is fully made real. We give thanks, we let it be, and so it is. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, if it was a new technique for you, I do have a an insert in your program so you can take it home and easily recreate this yourself around another issue. The idea, of course, once again, to fill our mind with an idea of how the world could be, how our life could be changed in a positive way, that picture of ourself in the future where some of our problems or issues are resolved. So today we've talked so far about three things. We've talked about writing or journaling. We've talked about visualization, the idea of opening our mind's eye to see ourselves in the future. And then we've used uh, this technique of visioning uh, to literally ask questions of our higher wisdom self of spirit that might guide us forward in that way. The last uh, method or the last tool that we use, actually I'm teaching a workshop in it. I call it treasure mapping. In the book he refers to it though as storyboarding. And really it's pretty simple. You just take magazines and scissors and glue sticks and, uh, and the idea is you cut out pictures and words and ideas that again illustrate and define 
that desired outcome. So you can do a storyboard or a vision board based on a new job or a relationship or some other area in your life. You simply go through magazines and find pictures and words that support that. Uh, you glue them down in a way that is that vision of a future life or a future self. And again, you're creating in your own mind all of the components necessary to do that ask, to have people knocking on the right door, to be seeking out from your own mind, both your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, that better way of living, that, that more wholesome life, that more joyous life, or whatever it is that you desire. So this month, this whole month, we're going to be giving you tools. We're going to be discussing different ways that you can live the abundant life. And I don't mean that just in terms of money. For some of us, that might be an issue, and these techniques will absolutely bring wealth as abundance into your lives. But also I'm talking about more love. I'm talking about more joy. I'm talking about more peace. The universe is ripe with all of these qualities of God, and these are the techniques these are the ways of thinking that can change your life in those areas. So let me recap what we've covered today. Uh, first of all, what we've learned about, in a way, is looking at the end before we start. We want to have that picture of the end state, that, that picture of bliss, that idea of perfection, that, that when my life is exactly the way I want it, you know, here's a list of the qualities that I will have achieved. So we start with the end, that final picture of how we want it, and then we begin fleshing it out. What's my part in it? What's my beliefs around it? What are the thoughts that a person who has that would have? You see, we, we start from the, the finished product, and then we work our way back. What, what would my role be in achieving that? What would my dream need to be to have that kind of outcome? Would I need to take a class? Would I, would I need to have marriage counseling, right? There might be all kinds of things that would help me move towards that goal of a, a wonderful job or a wonderful relationship. There certainly will be things that I have to do to participate in it, but when I have that end vision, then I'm taking steps in the right direction. Then I'm seeking what I want to have. I'm knocking on the right doors instead of the wrong doors. Make sense? Okay, so these two will help us to activate the law of attraction. Of course, we've been teaching in the science of mind that idea of the divine creative process. Same thing. What we're doing is we're activating that law of the divine creative process by having a, what Ernest Holmes would call a mental equivalent of what we desire in our mind. And that mental equivalent can be one of love. It can be one of utility at work. You can have any kind of a mental equivalent that you want. And when it's focused and when it's fleshed out and has some detail in it and you feel a part of it, that is what activates this law. That is what actually does the ask. If you want the boy and the hat, that's got to be part of the vision, right? We're not going to assume magically that the world around us knows what we want. We're going to have some level of detail and we're going to be willing to ask. For the rest of the month, we'll talk about some of the techniques for doing the ask. <laughs> so you got to come back. It's gonna, we're going to have some fun. But for now, we're going to focus on what it is we want to ask for. So a little homework for you. So using one of those four tools, here's your homework, using one of those four tools, specifically writing or journaling, 
visualization, visioning, and I sent you home with that little worksheet on to do that, or storyboarding, one of those four spiritual tools, I would like you to create a mental equivalent of improvement in some area of your life. Some dream that you want, some improvement in your life, use one of those tools as an act of creation. And you might be creating it on paper. If it's uh, journaling, you might be creating it on a, on, on a big sheet of paper. If it's a storyboard, you might be creating it just in your own mind if it's visualizing uh, or visioning. But we're going to use that one area of focus in our life to clearly get ready to do the ask. Here, here, in some detail, hat and all, is what I want. So I'm going to close with a quote from the book and a prayer. He says, the day I turned 30, I sat down and I took out a sheet of paper and I wrote my ideal life at the top. I imagined everything had gone as well as I could possibly imagine. And somehow over the next five years, I was able to create the ideal life for me. I wrote down what it looked like, what I would do, what I'd have, who I would be, so on and so forth. Because the first step to discovering the secret of manifestation is to clarify the ideal scene of your life. You begin with the end in mind and then you keep it in mind. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, one joy, one authentic power, all of it encapsulated in this thing that I call spirit or God. And what I know about it is that it freely gives from itself when we ask. And so on this day, I, I make a claim towards greater clarity of the ask, towards knocking on the correct door, towards seeking out which I want to have instead of wallowing in what I don't want to have. I simply refine my own ability to think and embrace truly my dream of the future that is filled with love, filled with life, filled with abundance, peace, authentic power, all of it. These are mine to claim and I do so on this day now. And as it is true for me, it is true for everyone here. Everyone can use that spiritual law uh, mentioned by Jesus and Matthew, mentioned by the author of our book, Mark Allen, clearly available to each one of us as we set our sights on it, as we have that vision, as we have written it down or pictured it in our mind, that that mental equivalent has power. And so for this, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the manifestations to come this month. I'm grateful for each person here and that willingness to begin thinking a little differently, to begin building that idea of how our lives could be and should be. And so for this, I give great thanks. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. 
We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.